Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. It's beginning to look a lot like... Wait, wait, wait. Don't say it. Don't say it. But it's coming. Christmas is coming, guys. I've been doing a bunch of Christmas interviews lately. Uh, but anyway, guys, this is Jamie Rodriguez, your host of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. And we welcome all you new listeners to the show where we celebrate everything about music. Everything from A-list superstars, Hall of Famers, to up-and-coming superstars, just like today's guest, guys. Lauren Davidson from New York, New Jersey. She has pioneered what some people called urban country, which is a little bit of country and a little bit of rock and roll. She has an unmistakable sound that has her skyrocketing up the charts. Ever since her debut, Hear Me, great EP, by the way, to the bunch of singles she's released this year, including the latest one, Going Nowhere, which is, you must have heard it on the radio because it is a cracker, guys. Yeah, check it out, Going Nowhere. But yeah, Lauren, you know, she was awesome with her time today. She told us about her lifestyle growing up in New Jersey, New York, with her father, who was also a, mu a, a musician. And uh, she told us about performing at Madison Square Garden, where she recently sang the national anthem at the sold-out Mecca, of entertainment and a bunch of other really good stuff. Critics love her. Um, she's been called an early Patsy Cline or Linda Ronstadt with that I can do this myself attitude, which after connecting with Lauren, I can attest. She is an absolute badass in the best sense of the way with oozing talent. So uh, without further ado, guys, Lauren Davidson on the show. For more information, future tour dates and fan club, laurendavidsonmusic.com. And uh, check out more of our podcast episodes, more about our show on jrodconcertspodcast.com. Hi. Lauren Davidson. How are you? Look at you. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good, good. It's great to connect. Wow, look, yeah, at, that, look at that compound. Look at, look at that artistic compound going on behind you. It just looks like something's like falling off the wall. Look at that. Look at that. Memorabilia, gold records, Madison Square Garden, <laughs> backstage passes, the whole thing. Someday. Someday Lovely. gold records. <laughs> We're getting there, Lauren. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So listen, we have to introduce you to my audience. Um, of course. We, we love your new single, Going Nowhere, but every song you do is a good time. I mean, critics love you. You've been called a mix of Patsy Cline and Linda, Linda Ronstadt. Digital Journal said you were one of country's most underrated artists, which I agree. We have country mm -hmm. artists here all the time, Lauren, and you're amazing. You're awesome. Thank you. And um, so, yeah, we know talent when we have it, and we're very honored to have you. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first of all, let's start with this. How, how is New York doing? How are you handling all this with COVID? Um, it's definitely interesting, especially now um, kind of seeing how 
other states are kind of opening up a little more and live music is happening and events and here we still feel relatively isolated. Um, but in that time, I'm just making a lot of music from my home, writing and recording. And so I'm kind of thankful to still have this downtime to kind of uh, look inward and, and reshift focus in ways that I haven't been able to do before. But obviously I miss performing live and I miss being out there and seeing people even in a different way, even, you know, not being able to do meet and greets or to be able to hug people, but still to right. be able to connect with people through music, um, not through a screen, but I'm, I'm also so thankful that I can do that with technology. Definitely. I, I was going to ask you about that, Lauren, because you're such an amazing live performer, you know, whether you're singing at Madison Square Garden or, you know, tennis tournaments or you're singing at, you know, Arlene's Grocery. You're always yeah. like have this like bubbly energy, like connecting with the audience. Uh, what are the low points like this year, Lauren? Because, you, you know, I don't think we've asked that, that question, you know. Yeah. What are the low points this year for an artist when you're like, man, I'm really feeling it today. I wish I was on that stage. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the lowest point in itself of just like I, I grew up on a stage and I kind of had always looked at my career as how to go from stage to stage and how to, what touring was like and what that world is and to kind of have that stripped away, um, you know, instantly without any warning, um, yeah. really made me like refocus and reshift my energy. But like, there is no feeling like the feeling of being on stage. Mm -hmm. So I think not having that really is the low. And also just, you know, um, most artists of my level, we make all of our income from touring. So like right, right off the bat, it was just like, oh, you're not working this year. Like, I don't think a lot of people <laughs> realize it, you know, in right. that sense that um, like, I don't do anything else. I do this and I make my money from playing shows and playing out. Um, and like right away, it was just like all gone. So it's, it's not just like, oh, you're not playing shows, like no big deal. It's like, no, I'm not working. Like it, yeah. that was a huge thing. So it's, it's impacted my entire life, not just one little piece of my life absolutely lauren are you on Bandcamp by but by, by any chance like are you i'm not on Bandcamp. Okay. um okay. just figuring out okay cool uh yeah. so so let's talk about your early life for a second lauren wanted to ask sure. you about it um you know you grew up in freehold new jersey mm -hmm. um your dad obviously had his own music career you know he even mm -hmm. got as far as you know he opened for paul reiser and jerry seinfeld and that kind of stuff yeah. so i wanted to ask you uh what do you remember from your dad's artistic days when you were you know a little a little one so by the time i was born he wasn't pursuing music as a career anymore he kind of put okay. his music career aside to right. have a family but i will say some of my earliest music memories with my dad were um when he would put me to bed we would always have his acoustic guitar and we would kind of have awesome. like little sing-along or he would sing me to bed similar How to nice telling bedtime stories yeah, so uh, I, most, all, most people have to most people have to read the Berenstain Bears or whatever Clifford the big dog. <laughs> I mean, and you we get, definitely and you get had <laughs> stories. We definitely had bedtime stories too, but like I definitely remember a lot of music, and I think because of that, um, at a really young age, I loved music, and I also loved you know good music and classic music and songs and artists that kind of have shaped me today versus listening to you know, children's songs. Like, I mean, I listened to a little bit of that kind of stuff in school, but I mean, I was listening to Billy Joel and Elton John okay. and 
uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, and, and Fleetwood Mac, and you know, like these really, really incredible storytellers and singer-songwriters that most kids, you know, at four or five, I'm trying to remember, like yeah. around that age are some of my earliest memories um, are listening to in their life. So that's, that's definitely impacted me that way. But I, I never got to see him on stage. Um, but we did have a little like recording studio in the house and my dad, you know, throughout my childhood was recording music. So I think it was cool to see that from an inside eye, which I never would have gotten to see um, otherwise. That's cool. So you're yeah. this little girl in elementary school talking about Carol King. And everyone, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, what are you talking Basically. about? That's great. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so when you started writing songs, uh, you know, your dad kind of helped you out. Like, how was mm -hmm. that? Um, so basically I was, you know, I've been a singer my whole life. I went to college for musical theater and kind of was playing shows around the country. Um, and when I moved to New York City, I started singing in bands as like a side job while I was still auditioning to, to be on Broadway, basically. Yeah. And when I was doing that, there was just this energy of being around musicians that was like unlike anything I had ever really experienced before. In some ways, it was so com comforting and comfortable. Um, and I just like love that energy too. So I started having these melody ideas for my own songs and lyric ideas. And I was like, are these good? Are these bad? I had no idea. Um, right. And I brought them to him to be like, help me sort this out. Cause we've always been really close. So it was just kind of like, help me sort this out. Like, this is something you used to do. Like, help me just like, let's see if there's anything here. And next thing I knew I had one song, three songs, five songs, seven songs. And I got to like throw up uh, these songs with a band. So all of my first songs were, I had only written with my dad. I had not written with anybody else. So it was kind of interesting to learn um, the basics with him and through him. Um, and also I cherish those songs because they were an experience we had together. Oh, and nice. we still write together now. Just, I do write with a lot of other people. So um, learning how to write, you know, and, and how I write and how I approach writing. Yeah. Um, I've been more open to other ways and not just his way or um, sure. our way, so to speak. But it, it's definitely uh, easier to write with someone who's known everything you've been through in your life than with a stranger. But I was going to ask you, is it, Lauren? Because, you know, opening up with your dad, you know, these yeah. wounds, you know, just putting yourself out on the table, like no kid kind of wants to do that with their parents. And like, artistically, that must be quite interesting. Yeah, I'm, honestly, we're just so close that there really isn't anything that he doesn't really kind of know about already. Like if I'm going through a heartbreak and like uh -huh. a breakup, like he knows about it. Um, yeah. Or like when I'm having a bad day, I pick up the phone and call him. So he kind of knows, you know, what I'm going through anyway, that for me, it's not like that. But I can gotcha. see how for some people it would be. That's, that's a great relationship, Lauren. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let's talk about your music, urban country. You call it urban country, which is perfect yeah. because, you know, country is all about stories, whether you're talking about Dolly Parton, you know, whoever, Emmylou, whoever. Yeah. Uh, but you live in New York, so it's cool because your music has an edge to it. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, how would you describe your music of Lauren Davidson to my audience that has never heard it before? Um, well, I call it urban country because for me, that's like where city meets country. And you even mentioned it a little bit. Country music, the thing I love about it was that um, it tells a story and there is no other genre specifically right now anyway, that really does that in its core, like across the border. Um, 
all of like my influences like Carol King and Fleetwood Mac, like that was considered pop music, but that pop music has changed so much in the past few years that that doesn't yeah. exist that much anymore. You're right. So when I first started uh, writing music, I didn't want it to be country because it didn't feel authentic to me. I didn't grow up in the South. I didn't experience the themes that a lot of country music uh, was experiencing or yeah. so I thought. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this my way. As long as I tell a story that is true and authentic to myself, I kind of can't go wrong. So for me, it's urban country. It's where city meets country. It's telling the stories of the things that I personally have experienced living in New York City or growing up in New Jersey, but with elements of country music like storytelling, like a banjo, like organic instruments, acoustic guitars, yeah. a pedal steel, you know, those types of things. And I mean, who doesn't love a story, you know, um, hearing totally. what someone's experienced. So uh, I just make sure that I stay true to that. And that to me is urban country. Yeah. And it definitely comes across. It comes across in every one of your songs in, you know, in, in, in all your LPs, live, love, laugh, all of them. Um, New York. It's interesting, Lauren, because it wasn't that long ago. I've been going to New York forever. This is actually the first year that I haven't been in New York and it's like itching me. And I'm, yeah. I'm, telling, I'm telling my body, like, it, it's all right. It's just a pandemic. But the okay. point being that <laughs> there's um, it, not that long ago, it was hard to find country in New York. And lately, yeah. you know, there's major acts in Barclays Center, major festivals. Country is growing a lot in New York. And you have a lot to do with that. Why do you think New York is waking up to country learning? Um, honestly, I'm going to give credit to the radio station. So about six years ago, I think it was six years ago now, uh, New York City got its own country music radio station. It covers uh, New York and a lot of New Jersey as well. And that's when the genre started, you know, blooming because people were turning their radio dials, hearing these major stars like Carrie Underwood and mm -hmm. uh, Miranda Lambert and Luke Bryan and all these, you know, in, in their radio. And then because of that, there was a need for those artists to tour here. Yeah. So, you know, I, I even just from when I started my music till now, like have seen how much the genre has grown here in New York City and how many country music fans there are and how many country music artists come through New York. Um, in addition to all those artists come here for press and they come here for, right. for you know, promo and they were here anyway. It just no one knew they were here. And now right. they're having concerts here. Um, so it kind of bands all the fans together. And it's been, it's been so cool to be a part of, the growing community here and also to get to experience uh the fans who, yeah. who live here absolutely but more more than the growing community lauren i have to tell you when people think and like we have a lot of nashville people here when people think new york you know artists that are on the up and cup two names always come yours lauren davidson and carolyn miller these are two <laughs> names that just keep popping up like there's these two girls one from you know and it's so you're right yeah. up there on, on the up and up so it's really cool that you're Thank building you. that that reputation yeah i've heard it from like three sources so it's cool <laughs> Thank you. yeah yeah for sure so uh, going nowhere let's start going nowhere for a second because it's a heck of a song you know it was an apple music country hot tracks like the week it yeah. came out What's the feeling uh, of working on, on your baby like that, Lauren, for months? You, the songwriting, the production, the editing, the detail, so much work. And then yeah. you put it out in the universe and people love it. How yeah. that, I mean, what, of what, course, that's that? amazing. I think releasing music in general is something um, that's so strange when you kind of break it down. For that reason, you know, you put a piece of yourself into a song 
and you know maybe it sits on a shelf for a year or two years or three years you know who before you even are like oh i want to go into the studio and record this track and then you get reacquainted with it and then you start you know putting all of your heart and your soul into something again um and then you know putting it out there and hope that people love it and for me um being on a stage so much I used to like try out songs that way and see what people like. So I think the process for me was a little different because it was like, by the time I had gone into the studio to work on something, it was something that I already knew people were responding to. Mm. Um, but this year, it was actually last year, this time last year, um, I went into the studio to start working on this EP. It's a five song EP that I've been releasing this year. And mm -hmm. I did it very quietly and I didn't want to play any of those songs live before I release them because I wanted gotcha. them to feel fresh. So that right. element of the scariness kind of, I kind of made my, put myself through it. But like, once again, it was like, I'm, I'm working on songs that I connected to for whatever reason that had this common theme of Love Ain't Fair, it's the title track. And um, so it was a little bit scary to release these songs this year that no one had ever heard before. And then to top it off, you know, releasing music from home versus being out there and playing them for people right. and, and really getting to talk to people about it and everything just being through a phone or a screen. Right. Um, it's been so rewarding in so many ways, but also so terrifying in others. <laughs> yeah, it's been weird. Yeah, right. That's for sure. You're just like, ah, I put this thing out the other day and people are like, how's it going? And you're like, good, I guess. Like, yeah, I think like, let me check like the streams. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, absolutely. But it can also drive you crazy to like do that, to check stats every day. Like it's so, it's much more fulfilling as an artist to, play it live and for people to be like, I love your song, blah, blah, blah. Or there's something about this song that really spoke to me. And like kind of that element is, is taken away a little bit. Um, Definitely. So I try to just uh, connect with people any way I can. And yeah. I hope everyone's loving the music as much as I do. You must be dying to play that live. Oh I am God. dying. That yeah, is an yeah. understatement. I, I, I can see it. It's so popping out much. of your, I can see like it. Like a vein popping out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, listen, it, it'll come back, I promise. And, but my God. No, I know. I Honestly, know, but... I want to do it in a meaningful way, in a safe way, in a way yeah. that's not going to stress people out or bring anxiety, myself included. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to be put in a situation that's, you know, um, putting anyone in danger. So it's yeah. definitely better to wait, but it's so crazy. I haven't seen my band and yeah. I mean, how many months has it been? And I'm used to seeing them all the time. All I the time. Seen them since February, some of them. Yeah. So it's, it's just so crazy to think about that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, Lauren. This week I was in an online, of course, music uh, conference, you know, with some people from AIG and some whatever. And mm. I thought it was interesting that the people in Europe, which had been opening more than in America, they were mm. doing socially distanced concerts. And I thought they were going to sell like hotcakes, right? Because like people are like, you're an artist, I'm a music guy. So we like, oh my right. God, we look. But a lot of people are scared to buy tickets. I thought that was There's crazy. Yeah, there's definitely a mix. There's some people yeah. who are definitely like running any chance they can get. Right. And some people who are just like, no, not yet, not for me. It's and right. of course, that's understandable and to each their own. But it, it is kind of hard to see people, you know, who are playing drive-in concerts and, and, and finding really creative ways yeah. to, to do things socially distanced. And I live in New York City. Like, there, you can't have a drive-in concert here. You can't have a drive-in um, concert, no. I mean, they have drive-ins and stuff like in the the surrounding areas it just i it's hard to get to it's hard to plan uh and we were a hub for so long that 
you know, yeah. there's still, still a lot that we're not even like technically allowed to do or permitted to do. And sure. it is hard to see other people doing it. But like you said, it'll yeah. come back and it's going to be so amazing when it finally does. Def- oh my God. It's going to be insane. It's going to be, be so crazy. And I, I do really look forward to that day. Have you seen a, a drive-by concert, Lauren? Did you have a chance or not yet? No, I've just seen, um, like through social media, social other, media. like I've had some friends who are doing them more. I, I have um, to tell you, Lauren. that I admire. Yeah. Like we, we went to Dallas in June and we did a podcast live with Eli Youngman because they did one. Oh, in yeah. Our, of course. Yeah. So they did it and we went and we talked to them. And I have to tell you, like the, the show sold out, all that stuff, but the mad, it's just different, Lauren. It's just, it's just, it's just something's missing. Yeah, of course. I mean, especially you know. like feeling the energy of people close up, you know, or people dancing and singing. I'm sure a lot of that is, uh, is stripped away for Definitely. obvious reasons. Um, but there still is nothing like live music. So I think that the people who are able to do that, it is really cool to be able to experience that. Yeah, for sure. For sure, Lauren. Let me ask you really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You've played Madison Square Garden. Yeah. You've, uh, you've also sang the, uh, the anthem at a major like tennis tournament, you know, in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, j- yeah, just cool. t- tell us about all these like cool experiences playing all these magical venues. Yeah, well, obviously Madison Square Garden the is Madison Square Garden. And so getting to sing my songs in like the middle of <laughs> Madison Square Garden, it was so amazing and so... I was so nervous, but excited and like the adrenaline and just, it almost feels like it was fake. So yeah. I think, you know, getting to talk about it is, is so cool to be like, oh like yeah, that actually like did blur, happen. Yeah. <laughs> like that was, I didn't just dream that because it literally no. was a dream come true. Um, and I got to sing the national anthem at Madison Square Garden the year before that. It, it's crazy to think that, you know, I, I performed at Madison Square Garden this January, like it was yeah. this year. Um, and then last year, I got to sing the national anthem, which was amazing. And the same thing for the tennis tournament. It was at um, the Nassau, the old the Nassau. former Nassau Coliseum, which was really cool um, for the New York Open, which was pretty incredible. And um, that's yeah. awesome. That's great. It's so oh, cool. Listen. Oh, my God. I love it. Lauren. <laughs> well, listen, there's a rumor you're going to play a song for us, but I want to ask you one more question. Uh, Urban Country Jam. You're doing another yeah. one on November 14th. What is it? You already did one. It was a success. Why don't you tell us about it? How can we help? Shoot yeah. it out. Cool. So Urban Country Jam is a live show normally that's a mini festival that uh, features usually about three to four emerging country music artists in an urban setting. So we did the first show live in New York City at the Cutting Room. It was sold out. It was an amazing night back in February, right before COVID. And then because of COVID, moved it to a virtual space. Um, and recently been doing this crowdfunding campaign to raise funds so that we can pay all the artists who are involved for their time and their talent. Um, like I mentioned earlier, not being able to tour, artists of this level kind of have virtually lost all of their income. And a lot of people have also, you know, lost organized ways to perform. You know, they're doing live streams and trying to just get out there in front of people any way they yeah. can safely. But by having Urban Country Jam, it's an organized event where, you know, as a fan too, you can tune in and see three amazing artists or four right. amazing artists. Um, so I, I, I uh, set up this GoFundMe campaign to raise funds by the fans um, 
similar to buying a ticket to a show. So instead of buying a ticket to a show, since we can't do that now, uh, any donation, no big or small donation, it does not matter. Every little bit helps. And the, the money goes straight to the artists involved. So we did the first crowdfunding show uh, last Saturday with Honey County and Morgan yeah, Miles and myself. And it was amazing. It was a huge mm -hmm. success. And we raised enough money to do another one, like you mentioned, awesome. on November 14th. Um, so a lineup is coming soon. And it's an ongoing campaign. Um, if we can continue to raise money, we're going to keep playing shows until we can get back into concert venues. Well, and Lauren, we why, don't you share the, uh, why don't you share the link with us? My audience is, is really nice about helping each, uh, each other How out. How do I do that? I don't, well, you, it's, you probably don't. It's a complicated link, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Just you, you know, can just, find it on my page, which is yeah, Davidson Music, music on Facebook. Right? Um, there's a GoFundMe link there. Um, it's there also linked to my Spotify, which is Lauren Davidson Music. Uh, they added a feature recently where you can um, find that link there, which is great cool. as well. Yeah, that would be amazing. Please Absolutely. donate. And, oh my um, God, we can't wait. Can't wait to see you perform. Yeah, so the, the more money we can raise, the, the more virtual events we're going to have. And then when we can get back into venues, we'll have another show in New York. And we had a few oh planned for around the country and other cities that all had to be canceled too. So hopefully those can get back out there too and uh, keep growing the brand, something that's really important and really special to me. Well, listen, when you have a good product, it sells itself, Lauren. And you yeah. have a, the best product, which is you. So Thank don't you. worry about it. There's no stopping the product, you know? There's a, <laughs> you are the original Coca-Cola. You can't, it's Coke. What are you gonna do? It's Coke. You know. Can I quote you on that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lauren, that's awesome. Well, listen, you've been so generous with your time. Is it true you're going to play a little song for us? Yeah, I'm going to play my, my current yes. single, Going Nowhere. Oh, Ready? my God, that's awesome. Yes, absolutely. Right. Thank you so much, Lauren. Here we go. When you were at home track, backs better than that, two hearts built to last but a bit. Cause somewhere down the line, I miss the signs, guess love goes blind when you're in. Yeah, we were busy making plans, but then, out of nowhere, those years wasted time that I can't unwind. Yeah, something came nothing just like that. You struck the mansion, burned what we were. That big mess all alone here. Out of nowhere. We were going nowhere. No words on the wall, predicting the fall. Thought we had it all to lose. Yeah, I was left in the dark till we fell apart. It was hard when that spark went missing. I was sure we would find it again, but then. Out of nowhere, those years wasted time that I can't unwind. Yeah, something became nothing. Just like that, you struck a magnet, burned what we were. Left me a mess all alone here. 
had a we were going nowhere. Original Coca-Cola, the product is there. We love it. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.